Welcome to Bad Axe Podcast. I'm your host, Danielle Blinka. And I'm your co-host, Aaron. Bad Axe is brought to you by the Podmoth Media Network. Check out Podmoth for more great podcasts. Welcome to our one-year Podiversary bonus episode. Yay! Yay! Bad Axe is celebrating one year of bringing you twisted true crime tales of dark deeds and despicable people on November 2nd, 2021. It's been a busy and exciting year for us here at Bad Axe, and we can't wait to see what year two will bring. I have some things that I'm planning. Hopefully something really exciting. Oh, it's going to be hugely exciting. We're super pumped about year number two over here. Woo! You know, year one was fantastic, and I just can't wait to see what year two has. I know. We had so many accomplishments, and things are really taking off lately. I know that I probably don't seem as energetic as usual. I just... I'm really, really tired <laughs> from October, and my <laughs> voice is going away from doing so many shows, especially at the end there. I had, like, a couple of two-show days, and so I'm just like, ah. But I wanted to do a bonus episode to celebrate the anniversary. Absolutely. And to do something special, so that's what we're doing. As always, you can support the show and get months worth of bingeable content over at patreon.com backslash badaxpod. There is a link in our show notes and membership start at $1. Also, you can support the show for free by leaving us a positive review and telling a friend about us. We'd really appreciate that. For today's bonus episode, I thought we could revisit a case we discussed in our December 2020 Patreon episode about recent crimes and current events. I believe only one of our patrons has listened to this because it's a top-tier episode. We have one top-tier patron, and that is Justin. Hi, Justin. Hi, Justin. Hello. But we didn't really go into as much details because we talked about this case just a little while after it happened. And so not very much information was out at the time. We didn't have a cause of death. It was a total mystery. But now the case has basically been solved. And so I thought, why not revisit this older case that we already kind of touched on and really tell the full story now that police have revealed what happened. Makes sense. So we are going to be talking about the case of Alexis Sharkey. I almost didn't cover it on the main feed because of the fact that so many places have discussed Alexis's case or as she was known to friends, Lexi. She was known as an Instagram influencer, although that title has been debated because some of her family members say she's uncomfortable being called an influencer. But she has been labeled that by the media, and so her case got really famous. Well, I followed it myself just because it occurred here in Houston, and I really get into a lot of our Houston area cases. And so I thought, since this is a bonus episode, I'm not so worried about the fact that a lot of other places have talked about it. Yeah. And also, I did look, and a lot of them did it before all the most recent stuff came out. So, if you have listened to information about Alexis's case before, you might not have the whole story if you haven't listened since October because there was just a big reveal and it sort of tied the case up. 
All right, so we are going back to Thanksgiving 2020. Um, no one wants to go back to then, unfortunately. <laughs> As I was typing that out today, I was like, no, no, I don't want to. I don't want to go back to Thanksgiving 2020. It was actually not that bad. We did have a nice day, but everyone was kind of at their house or like trying to figure out a safe way to see people. We did not. We noped out because cases were crazy in Houston and I had like done some murder mystery shows at the beginning of November. So I was on like red alert from that happening. And so we stayed home. But a lot of people were trying to meet up outside or just see a few people or do the bubbles that we all lied to ourselves about. <laughs> and so so that was what was happening Thanksgiving 2020. The date was actually November 27th. And we are going to be staying right here in Houston, Texas. Woo woo. 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 And we've told you about Houston before. Uh, it's the fourth largest city in the United States. That's right. It's actually pretty cool here. There's an international hub. And it is an international hub that made me realize whilst working on coronavirus slash COVID articles for my writing job that we were going to get hit with COVID. Because I was actually <laughs> on a, a writing project related to that. Before it went international, but it was only in China. <laughs> and I was like working on the articles and like doing the research on what the WHO was saying and realizing that we were going to get coronavirus here. <laughs> and everyone that I know was like, Danielle, it's going to be fine. No one's, no one's going to get coronavirus over here. Whoops. It's not going to travel. It's not, that's, we were still calling it coronavirus, not COVID. And I was like, no, no, like it's happening. We're, it's, international here we're it's only a matter of days <laughs> before it comes and then we got coronavirus here so <laughs> that's what happened and we all ended up inside on thanksgiving 2020 now that day 26 year old alexis sharkey whom friends and family called lexi or lex shared an early thanksgiving meal with her 49 year old husband thomas sharkey however she didn't plan on staying home that day Although she lived far away from her family, Alexis had plans to attend a Thanksgiving gathering with friends that day. Photos from her event show her dolled up, posing alongside her stylish squad as they celebrated the holiday. The photos of her last holiday look like a magazine spread, and that's no accident. People around the globe knew Sharky. You might even call her an Instagram famous as she had over 20,000 followers. That's a lot. It's a lot. At one point, I had like 5,000 followers because I used to have a special Instagram situation happening in my life because I needed attention. And so I used to post photos of myself. Um, I like to wear tights, and I had a lot of different tights, and I would pose sexily in the tights and then take pictures of it and post that on Instagram. And so I had a lot of people following me for tights photos for a while. And I haven't done that in in a pretty long time. Although every once in a while, I'm like, hmm, I wonder if I should take Tide's photos today. And then I just don't. Aaron's raising his eyebrows. Suggestively. Suggestively over here. <laughs> okay. Well, anyway, I only got to like 5,000. It was a lot of work. And they were not of the type of followers that, that Lexi over here was getting. Because my followers were there for a specific reason. <laughs> And it was for feats and tights. And her followers were there because they saw her as this really successful businesswoman. And they wanted to purchase her products. And they wanted to work with her. That is why they are following her. Alexis mastered social media in a way that a lot of us aspire to. 
posting perfect photos that sold not just her lifestyle, but also her business. People called her an influencer, but it's not a title that Sharky necessarily embraced. According to her sister, Tony Robineau, Sharky was a businesswoman, and she didn't like people dismissing her as just an Instagram influencer. She wanted people to see her for the businesswoman that she was and the, like, effect that she was having on her community. Yeah. Robineau described Alexis as a smart, savvy entrepreneur who liked having fun and spreading happiness. She went out of her way to make people feel included, so her charisma drew people toward her. Lexi also loved cats and had three of her own, named Asia, Jack, and Smokey. And I just have to say, they are very cute cats. And she included them a lot on her Instagram because, of course, you have to because they are precious. Absolutely. Of course. Although Sharky made Houston her home, she hadn't always lived here. She actually grew up in a small town in Pennsylvania, but she'd always had big goals. Her mom said that she always wanted to change the world and somehow make an impact, and she just knew this would happen. Alexis also enjoyed traveling, and she developed a passion for natural health care. And this would be the path that she pursued in life, was this whole natural health and body type care. In college, she majored in biology, and over time, these interests would get her noticed by other women who shared them. Because eventually, she started selling organic beauty products via a multi-level marketing company called Monet. In her case, she was actually really successful. She had reached mentor status within the company. So she was one of the people at the top making money. And there's been some controversy about her career in the media because her family and friends certainly saw her as a successful businesswoman who was selling a product. And that's how she saw herself. And even though... Obviously, if you look at MLM numbers, most of these companies are pretty predatory and most people lose money, but I don't really feel like we should let that cloud the fact that Alexis was successful and that's what her life was about, and I don't think she was doing it for any kind of negative purposes. Yeah. Lexi had always wanted to live in the South, even though she grew up in Pennsylvania. So she soon set her sights on Texas, and initially she had moved to Odessa, which... Speaking as a Texan is kind of a random place to move, and I couldn't find anywhere where explained what specifically about Odessa drew her there. (laughs) But there, she did meet her husband, Tom Sharkey, and they fell in love, and the couple soon married. Odessa wasn't the best fit for them, so Alexis and Tom moved to Houston in January 2020. They wanted to enjoy the warm weather, and the big city fit their respective career goals. I'm not really sure... That coming to Houston to enjoy warm weather is the best plan. I think it depends on like how cold you are. Because it is, I wouldn't describe the weather as warm. I mean, in January, it's kind of warm. Which should tell you (laughs) how hot it's going to be when summer comes. Yes, face meltingly hot. Yesterday, I was so sad because it was October 31st, Halloween, yay. Yay. And I was going to wear some nice, cozy Halloween clothes, and it was 80 degrees, which is honestly not that bad considering, but I was wanting it to be like 60-something degrees, like a regular person, Mm -hmm. because it's October, and I wanted to be cool. Yep. Yes. So that, I don't know why people are drawn to that. But in this case, uh, maybe it just gets really cold in Pennsylvania. Probably Maybe does. that's the problem. If I had gone into the snow, maybe I also would be like, yes, 
I would love to have my face melted off <laughs> because at least it won't be frozen. <laughs> this is bullshit. Maybe that's what happens. Maybe so. Like you just start having to go out in the snow. If I had to like snowplow something, I probably would be mad too. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's what it is. Okay. Well, regardless, they ended up here in Houston, which I think was a solid choice because her husband had a job that relied on international stuff. It's not made clear what he did, but he benefited from us being a national hub and international hub, I should say. And she was able to make a lot of friends and build her company and live a really cool lifestyle that helped her promote her products. Yeah. While Alexis seemed to blossom wherever she planted herself, things aren't always as they seem. Her professional life was going well, but her marriage wasn't the picture of happiness portrayed for the camera. Although she'd only been married to Tom Sharkey for a year, she'd started second-guessing the relationship. In fact, one of her close friends told news station KHOU that Lexi was contemplating a divorce. And so, she spent Thanksgiving at her friend Tanya Ricardo's house with her family and some of their friends. The day after Thanksgiving, Alexis spoke to several of the important people in her life, including Tanya Ricardo. Ricardo told KHOU that she and Alexis had plans on Saturday to watch movies with friends, and the last time she had communicated with Alexis was around 6 p.m. Friday night. After that, Lexi's phone went silent. Ricardo first realized something was wrong on Saturday morning when Alexis didn't respond in a group text. Soon, family and friends realized with alarm that Alexis hadn't updated her social media account since Friday afternoon. And since Alexis's livelihood depended on promoting herself and the products she sold on social media, she constantly updated her social media feed. So, since she had gone hours and hours and hours without posting, this was a huge red flag. Absolutely, yeah. And people kind of started to panic. Understandably so. So, everyone started to try to work together to find her. Ricardo started by going to Alexis's apartment hoping to find her there. Unfortunately, no one answered the door. And by Saturday afternoon, none of Sharky's friends or family members had heard from her, so her friends went to the police, which, I have to say, is so kick-ass. These friends are really on top of it. They filed a missing persons report for her on Saturday afternoon. Additionally, friends and family posted social media posts looking for answers or information that could help find Alexis. And this is when the case really started gaining traction with the public because the post that Alexis's mother made actually got shared a lot. So many times it went viral. So this is when people started noticing that we have this woman who's an influencer, or maybe we shouldn't call her that depending on who you believe. Um, her friends say she liked being called an influencer, but regardless, she is missing now and nobody knows what happened to her, this case starts to get a lot of attention. Yeah. Meanwhile, a disturbing discovery made hours earlier, just three miles from Alexis's apartment, started making headlines. At around 8.30 a.m. on Saturday, November 28th, a public sanitation worker spotted feet sticking out of the bushes along the 1,000 block of Red Hall Lane, which is a tree-lined road off of Interstate 10, near Eldridge Parkway in West Houston. Interstate 10, as you probably gather from the name, is a very busy roadway. This part is also called Katy Freeway, but I feel like if you're not from here, you probably don't know what that means. But essentially, it is just I-10 that goes through Katy that's near Houston. Yep. It's like right on Houston. Yep. 
And so that's where she was found. It's, the area is sort of looks secluded, even though it's right off the highway. And so there's all these trees around the road, and then there's brush, like really high brush next to it. So as the sanitation worker is driving his sanitation truck past this area, he thinks he sees feet. And he calls to report this. According to ABC 13 News, he told his boss, quote, Man, I think I see a body, but I'm not for sure. Or a mannequin or something, unquote. Which is kind of interesting for our bonus episode today, not to take you out of it, but I don't think we've ever had a mannequin case before where someone thought there was a mannequin. And we have one. There it is. He thought there was a mannequin. Obviously, as we know, it's not one. <laughs> is it ever a mannequin? No. No. And also, this is nowhere near a store. So clearly, why would it be a mannequin? Exactly. So, of course, he did call for help because I think deep down in his heart, he knew that it wasn't. And this worker was on his route collecting trash. They were behind on trash collection at this time because of the fact that we just had the Thanksgiving holiday and they had taken the day off for Thanksgiving. So on Friday, they sort of had double duty. Yeah. So he doesn't have time to stop, so he calls his boss so that maybe his boss can go look. At that point, his boss, John Richardson, asked another employee to go with him so they could check the area because they definitely were not going to just leave this potential discovery, you know, unnoticed. Yeah, for sure. They retraced the truck's path and they found the feet sticking out into the road. These feet belonged to a woman and the woman lay naked in the bushes, barely hidden from sight. Right away, they could tell she was deceased. First responders rushed to the area and police secured the crime scene, but they had a problem. There was no way to identify the body. Police released a basic description of the woman, saying she was in her 20s and showed no signs of injury. They couldn't say how she died, but it certainly seemed suspicious. Being on the side of the road. Being on the side of the road and being nude are both huge red flags that there's a crime. Yeah. But at this point, the police were really being tight-lipped about it and just saying it's suspicious, it's mysterious, we don't know what happened. Yeah. As soon as reports about the body came out, Tom Sharkey, Lexi's husband, drove straight to the Harris County Medical Examiner's office. He claims that he immediately knew it was Alexis because something in his gut told him the body belonged to her. Or his memory from when he killed her. That's what everyone immediately started thinking. How <laughs> random that you would suggest that, Aaron. <laughs> yeah, that's what everyone immediately thought. So he wanted to see if he was right about his suspicions. Now, unsurprisingly, the police and everyone in the world at this point found this behavior odd because why would a husband assume his wife was dead? Especially since she'd been missing for less than a day when public workers found the body. They literally found the body around like maybe 14 hours after the last person had talked to her. So why are you assuming this is her? Additionally, Tom had not even reported Alexis missing. Her friends did. He never reported her missing. Wow. So if you don't know she's missing, how can you... Exactly. And Mm -hmm. why wouldn't you call the police or something if you're worried about your wife? Exactly. That's a red flag. Oh, yeah. Huge red flag. So we know something's also probably wrong with Tom because he did not see that all this was going to be red flags. Either way, regardless of whether or not you think he's the murderer yet, I mean... mm, (laughs) Um, regardless of whether or not you think he's the murderer yet, obviously something is wrong with his logic because this is a bad choice. Oh, yeah. As it turns out, though, he was right. The body did belong to Alexis. 
Because there were no marks on her body, authorities couldn't say exactly how she died. After they confirmed the body belonged to Alexis, Tom Sharkey went on Facebook and wrote, quote, My world, my everything, I'm so lost right now, my one and only, unquote. But a lot of people doubted his emotions. After all, the old saying goes, the husband did it. Yep. <laughs> and that's pretty much what most people are thinking now. Of course, the police were not about to try to make accusations about Tom Sharkey. And honestly, I really thought her family and friends did a great job of doing interviews about this crime because they did a lot of interviews and I didn't hear one of them point directly at Tom, which I thought was really professional of them because they were just letting the investigation unfold and not trying to like infuse their theories. Even though later on, everyone would admit that they immediately thought Tom did it for reasons that I think are obvious, um, just based on what we know so far. Oh yeah. Fans of Lexi, along with the Houston community, immediately shifted their gaze to Tom. And in fact, Tom claimed in a few disordered interviews he gave after the murder that people were sending him death threats. Now, we talked about this in December, and it's obviously not okay to send people death threats. Do not do that. It's wrong. I mean, even if he's guilty, you still shouldn't threaten to kill him. That's right. Uh, that's we, we have gels for, presumably, for him to go there. That's correct. Yeah. Ideally. Yeah, no death threats. Yeah, but, on. like, don't do that, because that just makes it worse. Yes, and it does. Then what if he's not the right dude? I mean, in theory. <laughs> Let's just say for fun. If it were a chance that he wasn't the right dude, then you might have killed somebody for no reason. That's bad. Yep. Reports flooded media outlets about Lexi's mysterious death, and the story quickly spread. But what happened to her? Initially, no one could say anything, and it was extremely frustrating. Friends and family expressed shock over how Lexi's body had been discarded, comparing it to trash being thrown out on the roadside. And at first, police were hesitant to label her death as foul play. And there was a lot of speculation in the media and the community about what was going on because it seemed like, from the way the case was being presented, that it was possible that the police were really exploring, could this be an accident? Even though, to everyone who was reading about this lady, I mean, it really seems like something had to have happened to her because yeah. of the way that she was out there. Like, it just doesn't make sense for it to be for her to be accidentally nude and some brush. It just yeah. doesn't make sense. Agreed. And so her family did do a lot of of interviews where they talked about how they thought it was murder. And especially her mom, Stacey Clark Robito, she went on the record as saying that she's definitely suspected murder and that something bad happened to her daughter. Yeah. Meanwhile, Tom Sharkey, the husband, spoke to reporters right after the crime and he told them a different story. He had a very wild tell that seemed to suggest that he believed Lexi's death could be accidental. Tom told reporters at KTRK Eyewitness News that on Friday night, this is the night that she disappeared. He'd told Lexi she couldn't drive under the influence, but she left home anyway. He seemed to be suggesting through this that Lexi might have died under the influence that night. And he mentioned this more than once. Bloody FM presents Hometown Ghost Stories. A paranormal podcast that investigates a new town every week, bringing you all the hauntings, from haunted houses to castles, bridges to asylums, wandering spirits to demons. Over 100 episodes covering different towns all over the world. 
Tune in to Hometown Ghost Stories live on YouTube every Tuesday night at 9 p.m. Eastern or on any podcast platform and find out if your hometown is haunted. Yeah, there's so many problems with that theory. I mean, there's all the problems. Mm -hmm. The worst part about it, aside from the fact that he's trying to blame her for her death when Uh she's innocent and has been a victim of something. Yep. Not only is he doing that to her, he also is being really vague about it and suggestive. So instead of just being like, at 8 p.m., so this happened. You know, like if you had a, an imaginary person, we'll call them um, Alex. Okay, so if, oh, that's the same name. Crap. If you have, let's make up an imaginary person. We'll call them Amy. If you say, oh, Amy was drinking wine and had two bottles by 8 p.m. And then she decided to go to the store to get candy. I told her not to drive intoxicated, but she left and never came back. I'm worried that she was drunk and wandered off. Like, that would make at least make sense. He was really vague about it and was just like, oh, I told her not to do this. I was trying to protect her, but then now this bad thing has happened because she did it anyway. That's the kind of way that he was telling the story, which is just, like, extra bad somehow because he's also trying to make himself act like, like he's the hero or some stuff. When we all know that he's not. Later, Lexi's family actually confirmed, though, that Tom did seem to be blaming her for what happened and making himself out to be the good partner in the relationship. Because even in his conversations with them, he kept trying to be like, oh, I was such a good husband. and Oh, she was causing these problems. Which is not an accurate portrayal of events based on what everyone else was experiencing in this situation. According to Lexi's friends, there was actually a lot more to the story that he was leaving out. They say that she told them back in October 2020 that she feared for her life, but she didn't say whom she was afraid of. Most people assume she meant Tom. Yeah. Additionally, she told several friends that she planned to file for divorce. So, the question became at that point, could police trust the words of a jilted man? No. Aaron's, Aaron's shaking his head like, no. Yeah, definitely and not. We all agree no. And so did the police. They were quiet about this in the media. But the behind the scenes, they were very suspicious of this guy. Now, for Tom's part, he tried to paint a picture of a happy marriage and claimed he was the only person she truly relied on. He told reporters that Alexis wasn't always as happy as her family and friends believe. He claimed that she was distraught and upset before her death. And additionally, he claimed that he'd been comforting her and building her back up. Tom Sharkey told ABC 13 News, quote, She wasn't happy. She was stressed. I would cuddle her to try to make her strong. She was an amazing woman. Sir, my wife was an amazing woman. She really was. There's always other sides to everything. I was the one holding her, cuddling her, and building her back up, unquote. So, basically... What her family is trying to say is just him talking about what a great husband he is. And boo. Yeah, I know, right? Boo. Although Tom assured reporters that he was cooperating with the police, he soon shut down and refused to do interviews. Two weeks after Lexi's death, Tom moved to Georgia. That's not suspicious at all. Two weeks. Two weeks after her death. Yeah, that's not suspicious at all. No. He left the state without providing a DNA sample that the police had requested and that he had agreed to provide, but just didn't do. They just realized when they went to go follow up with him because he had never come in that he had just boot scooted. That's literally what he did. That's suspicious. 
It's very suspicious. Now, when police tracked him to Georgia, because they're not done, they're not like, oh, oops, I guess he's gone. We, we can't do anything. They're like, no. Mm-hmm. So they tracked him to Georgia and had them, the Georgia investigators, go over there and ask him for the DNA. And he was like, yeah, sure, I'm going to meet up with you. This is going to be great. What do you think he did? Oh, he went somewhere else, didn't he? Yep. He oh. did not show up for that meeting. <laughs> and after this, he moved to Florida. Florida people. He moved to Florida. Like, does he think people aren't going to pick up on this? I, I, I don't know. I told you. I think there's something wrong with his logic is bad. He doesn't know how to do this. <laughs> Clearly so. I don't, right? He doesn't have a long-term plan. No. Which we will see in a moment. He doesn't have a long-term plan. But I don't know. I feel like these people with the crimes, they it's like they think that they're going to get away with... Like, you can't... I don't even know. I don't even know how to describe it. It's like, I've done so many of these cases at this point. Plus, we all all of us have. We're all listening to these podcasts. All of us are doing it. We're all in the true crime stuff. We all know about the things. The people do these crimes, and then they're like, I'm going to just drive off into the sun. Like, I'm going to just go away. Like, I'm fine. No, you're not. Like, you can't just leave. I mean, maybe there was a t- point in time when people got away with that. But, like, it's 2021. The likelihood that you're just going to drive off. Yeah, it's like it's zero. just like almost zero. Like, what are you going to do? How are you going to exist? This man was 49 years old when this started. How you have a long life left. I mean, even yeah. if a short life would still be like 10 or 15 more years, mm-hmm. but you're probably going to live like maybe 30 more years. Uh, what are you going to do for 30 years? That's hard. I don't, how are you going to make it that far? Is it just like you're just going to try to make it till you're too old to do anything else? And then you're like, okay, I'll go to jail now. And chill till I'm... I mean, is that what you're doing? Like, I just... Yeah. It's like, hard. Yeah, you know, the thing that's crazy for me is he's trying to drive away and, like, run away. Like, he doesn't mm-hmm. even try to go to Mexico. I mean, like, not... Well, to... he has family in all these other places. He's staying with them. Oh, uh, okay. He's going with family. I see now. Yeah. Like, he probably doesn't have family in Mexico or he probably would have gone there. Yeah, that makes sense. But I don't know. I don't know why. Maybe he just thought they would just give up on him. And if they didn't have the DNA, they would not figure it out. I know, right? Maybe that's his plan. (laughs) Who knows? Regardless, Florida is where he went as his next destination. Now, from the outside at this point, it looked like the case might be cold because there weren't a lot of updates coming out and everyone was just kind of asking questions like, what's going on? Is this unsolved? Is this still a mystery? And so for months, nobody really knew what was happening and nobody knew what happened to Alexi. However, that really could be further from the truth that the case was cold because behind the scenes, authorities were piecing together what really happened. On January 19th, 2021, there was a big revelation in the case because the medical examiner's office released Alexi's cause of death. They had found that she died from strangulation and they ruled her death a homicide. Now, this was a big deal because if you recall, when she was first found, they said they had no signs of injury on her body. So everyone was wondering, like, what could have happened? Like, it wasn't blunt force trauma. There's not a bullet wound. There's not knife wounds. Apparently, there must not have been marks from strangulation because they said no sign of injury. So having this, knowing that she died from strangulation, it was a huge revelation that it wasn't just this mysterious death. It wasn't an accident. There's no, like, crazy intoxication story that ended up with her deceased on the side of the road, nude. This was a murder, and somebody put her there on purpose. Nope. And so that was like the first, you know, crack in this perceptionally cold case, which was not actually cold. 
Now, at this point, the case went quiet again. And so people started wondering, is the case cold? Or are the police just building up their case? There were a lot of, like, online chatter, including some news articles about whether or not this case was just never going to be solved. When in reality, police had kind of a solid case they were building behind the scenes that they just hadn't told people about because they're trying to win this Family, friends, and the Houston community waited until October of 2021 to find out what was really happening behind the scenes in this case. Because on September 29th, 2021, police had finally obtained an arrest warrant for their suspect. And I'm sure it will come as no surprise, but that suspect was none other than... Tom Sharkey! That was him. I did not tell him to do that, y'all. He was just really motivated today. I got you, yeah. It was so obvious. Yeah, it was very obvious. It was so (laughs) obvious. Authorities say evidence points to domestic violence as the cause and motive of Lexi's death. And during their investigation, they confirmed a history of domestic violence in the relationship, just as her friends had suggested. And additionally, they found that Alexis had indeed separated from her husband as she was contemplating divorce. She hadn't filed yet, but she was definitely planning to do it. As I'm sure all of our true crime buffs know, the most dangerous time for a domestic violence survivor is when they try to leave. Yep. And unfortunately, Alexis's story is all too common because she decided to get away from her abuser. And of course, he couldn't let that happen. He couldn't lose control over her. And so he attacked her. Police believe that Tom and Lexi got into an altercation On the night of Thanksgiving, with obviously him being as the aggressor, all she did was try to live her life. And during that fight, he strangled her. And then he took her clothes off and discarded her body in the brush, trying to make it seem like Lexi might have encountered some kind of trouble while intoxicated. Now, I don't understand where his logic was with that either, because I feel like if you want your wife's death to look like an accident... Putting her in the brush naked is not the best plan for that. And if he was trying to make it look like somebody else did it, because that's what, if you take someone's clothes off and leave them out like that, it suggests a sex crime. And so if he was going for that, why not tell a better story where it made sense that she could have been a victim? Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm not rooting for him. Fuck this dude. Like, fuck him. He can go to jail or wherever he goes. And I don't, I don't have time for him. But at the same time, I just don't understand any of this that he did. I mean, to be fair, though, I don't understand the murder part either. So it's like, clearly he just sucks. Yes, that's true. Maybe that's that's the explanation is he just sucks. He's an asshole. Yep. By October 2021, almost a year after the murder, police were finally ready to take him into custody because they had their case ready to present. However, arresting Tom Sharkey wouldn't be easy. Because, as I mentioned before, he had left the Houston area and was now living in Florida. Authorities tracked him down to the area around Fort Myers, where he was staying with his adult daughter and her boyfriend. On Wednesday, October 6, 2021, police made an announcement about Tom Sharkey. Tom would never be arrested, and he wouldn't go to trial. Because when the police requested to speak with him, Tom committed suicide by shooting himself in a closet in his daughter's home. Wow. I mean, I feel like it's it's kind of sick to do that in your daughter's home. Mm-hmm. Yes. That, like, at first they were just saying relative, which is already messed up. 
he literally shot him in the, himself in the head, and then his daughter had to identify the body. Jesus. Or it might have been her husband that did. They don't say which one. They just said and an, a relative that was on site identified the body as belonging to him. And I'm like, are you? what is wrong with you? Yeah. You are so selfish and narcissistic that you would not only take your life and hurt your family this way and hurt your daughter in general and deny people answers as to what happened with Alexis, but also in her house... Yeah. That is so messed up. Yeah. It's just, I feel like it really speaks to who he is as a person because that is so selfish because she's going to have that on her forever. She's yep. always going to remember that. She's, I mean, I couldn't live in the house after that. No. Oh. And she's always going to have that memory of that happening to her and all because he didn't want to face justice. Yep. That is. Just the reason being that he doesn't want to face justice yeah. is just disgusting to me that he did that to that to his poor daughter. I know. It's bad enough that he did this, that he murdered Alexis, mm-hmm. and that he, everyone in his family knows that he's a murderer. But then to kill himself like that in her house is just messed up. Oh, yeah. After Tom's death, Lexi's mother, Stacy Clark Robineau, sent condolences to his family and expressed sadness over his decision to end his life. She actually gave a really nice commentary on it, talking about how she knew that his family was innocent in all this, and she hated that they had to go through the pain of losing him, even though, you know, she wanted him brought to justice, which I thought that was really nice that she said that. But also, too, it's painful to not have him explaining what happened and providing any kind of answers as to why he decided to do this. I mean, we kind of know in that he was an abuser and like when abusers lose control, they, they sometimes are often attack and often kill some, they're the person that they're trying to control. So we know that we know that, but at the same time, it's like every case is unique. And I think people still wanted some answers because he had not provided any before he disappeared. Yep. Now, in addition to that, he also did something else that was pretty cruel because Alexi's mom told reporters that Tom refused to give her back Alexis's things, including her cats. And when he left for Florida, sorry, when he left for Georgia, he let his friends clean out their apartment instead of Lexi's family and friends. And so all of her stuff is missing, including family heirlooms and all, just anything she owned is gone. That's awful. It's really awful. Who does that? Yeah. And so I thought I would add that if anyone is listening in the Houston area, because obviously we're Houston based and you know where these items are, the family is still hoping to get them back. The interview that I'm talking about literally happened in October, which is less than we're on November 1st right now recording this because we're running behind uh, because of all the stuff I've been doing. And that's less than a month since she's given this interview. So, I mean, if you have the stuff or you know someone who does, please give it back. Because this poor lady, she's already lost her daughter. She needs her things back. Like, there's things, there's mementos from her daughter's life and from her family that she wants. And it's messed up that there are people who are just keeping these items or selling these items or whatever they're doing to them. It's not right. So, I mean, if you know someone, see something, say something, right? Exactly. In hindsight, Lexi's mother confirmed to reporters that she sees Tom's controlling behavior as part of the abuse cycle. And while the couple was together, they would, wouldn't really notice how bad it was because that's normal. They, abusers are really good at hiding their behaviors. I feel like that's one thing that a lot of people don't get is that when you have someone in an abusive relationship, the person who's abusing someone is not doing it 24-7. They're not like family gatherings throwing plates at people and 
smacking people with spoons. They might be, but a lot of them seem really nice when they're around other people. That's how they hide it. That's part of the game. And so it's, I think it's easier to see in hindsight that these things were happening once you know, but it's so hard for people to get help and for people to help people they love. All you can really do is just stay in someone's life and just be there for them and try to help when they're ready. With Tom's death, HPD plans to close Lexi's case because they say he's the killer and everyone's pretty much in agreement about that. It's sad, though, that Alexis had her life stolen. And even though she accomplished a lot in her 26 years, she still had so much more to do. And in a way, she got justice. But honestly, I feel like every time we say that on here, it kind of feels hollow. Because we're always like, oh, they got justice. But, I mean, it really doesn't do anything for the victim. Aside from the fact that at least the killer isn't out living a happy life. I mean, that's really all we have. Is, like, at least we can prevent them from frolicking out in the happiness. That's right. But at the same time, it's not like it can bring her back. That's true. I will say that I'm happy we finally know what happened because as someone who was following the case, I remember back in December being so frustrated over the fact that it was so mysterious and it really seemed like like authorities were looking at it like it might be an accident even though it seemed like it wasn't. So I was happy to see that that was never the case, that, that they were like finding out the truth and not so much just being like, wow, this one's hard. Like, what's going on here? So I was really happy to get that resolution. Absolutely. And I hope that if you have heard about this case, that you're interested to hear that resolution as well. We hope that you enjoyed this special bonus episode for our one-year podiversary. If you want to support Bad Axe and get more bonus episodes, go to patreon.com backslash badaxepod or click the link in our show notes. Membership start at just $1. And we have a lot of bonus content over there. Additionally, you can support us by leaving a review or telling a friend about us. You can also connect with us on social media, including Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok. Our handle is at BadAxePod, and we are most active on Instagram. I'm hoping to get back into making TikToks this month now that I have a little bit more time than I did in October. So look for us over there as well. Uh, We have a Gmail account at BadAxePod at gmail.com if you would like to send us a message Maybe some feedback or suggestions or happy notes. I don't know. Um, if you, Or also happy anniversary notes. There you go. Because it's our one-year anniversary. That's right. And Aaron's going to tell you about the website. BadXPod.com. Go check it out. It's an awesome website. Go team. Yay. All right, people. We will be back on Thursday with a new case. It is crazy. I cannot overstate how crazy it is. I have been in the trenches of a horrible case, and I think this one might be one of the worst that we've done on accident. It's, it is and it's not at the same time. I feel like we've done some really bad ones. This one was worse than I thought it was going to be, so prepare yourselves, people. I think most of you will find it interesting. I'm putting a trigger warning at the beginning, so if you're scared, don't worry. I will tell you in the trigger warning what to look out for so you can decide if you want to listen or if you want to just skip through the really bad part. So that's what we're going to be doing on Thursday. Yay. Yay. All right. We'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Bye.